good? Are you ready for this? You ready for Let's this? Let's do it. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I think that's how it starts. Existential jock jams. <laughs> that, that, that is the beginning. So, uh, yeah, we're here with Not Parker. Not Parker is a, a a friend of mine for a long time. Say hi, Parker. What's up, everybody? Not this is not Parker. So uh, Parker was a, a big part of the beginning of this conversation uh, and how this whole thing start, got started. Because everybody who listens to all these and remembers all the things I said in the first one. Oh, just kidding. I'm talking about Joel's parents. Uh, when Joel's parents remember from the first one, when I talked about uh, the conversation that I had with Parker one day. Parker, sad Parker. I made fun of you in that first one too. You heard it when I made the sad Parker voice. I did hear that. Yeah. And then what's funny is like, and then yeah. this will be a callback where people will go and reference it because I was like, I'm going to do impersonation of Parker in that. And I did it and it sounded just fucking like him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if people go back and listen to that, they'll, then they hear him now. They'll be like, oh my God, you fucking nailed it. It was nailed almost it. like he was in that first one. But I was like, oh. and he called me. He's like, oh, what's the point of everything? See? See now, you say. Yeah, do, you, do you need me for this? So you, you got there. You this. go. <laughs> He's got it. But 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 no. I mean, you called and said that, and like I, that's when I uh, therapied myself with you, and I said, uh, I don't know. That's that shit's infinite, and like we don't know shit, and uh, there's gotta be more to this. And I don't know. It was. I don't think it was much deeper than that because between the two of us, that's probably as far as it goes. Uh, but yeah, but that was the whole like beginning of this thing, and then we had brunch, and you held my hand. And you told me you love me, and you never called me again. Uh, That's so typical. I'm a, I was a dating man in my mid thirties. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was that was that was a, that's the past. We don't need to bring that up. You've experienced uh, two of these so far, and you've kind of give us give me some feedback. So it's we're gonna learn as we do it. I think we're you know, uh, the first one very conversational. Second one uh, mostly Kai, uh, but I think it's why we have to follow up with number two to figure out the second time talking to him to kind of get into those uh, deeper questions about things so we can figure out like what what does that what does that room look like when you guys are all doing the the, the ayahuasca and like what's that shaman wearing because i picture like he's his butt cheeks are out and is he's wearing like a loincloth is that what shamans wear i'm looking at both of you guys you guys are just staring. <laughs> i'm just fucking around you're like was that offensive did i offend shaman I mean, I don't. If there's anybody I don't want to offend, it's a. I shaman. have no way of knowing. I I would love to hear uh, what what Kai thinks about that. I mean, I understand. I, I think I walked away from that thinking. Um, I would love to hear more about like the, the visuals, the like the experience of it, mm-hmm. um, the aesthetics of the whole experience. Like, am I am I in the jungle? Am I laying on a floor all the time? Would, would love to hear more about that. Yeah, I think those are the next steps. I, I Maybe it's because I watched Wayne's World 2 uh, in the recent past. That sounded weird. Uh, with my children. With the Wayne stock? Yeah, and then the, yeah. the weird naked Indian shows up. Oh, that's right. Then, did you feel like his butt cheeks needed to be hanging out? So, like, <laughs> that that's what I think of, like, when I hear the shaman thing. I don't know. I'm sure he's in jeans and got a pack of Marlboros or some shit. I don't know. Is that also offensive? Is everything I say offensive? I don't fucking know. I'm just saying shit. So a little bit, but it's also funny. So. Okay, well, as long as I don't get my, I don't want to be canceled by Joel's parents. So, <laughs> moving on from that recap of episode one and two, uh, on to episode three with Mister Not Parker. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you grew up and how we got here today? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I had not really a religious family, but uh, I think like a family that felt that they needed to be religious. So 
there was church in my life, but it was a, a thing that we kind of sporadically went to, um, you know, you have your holiday obligations, but my, um, my aunt and uncle, uh, my uncle's father also ran a, a Southern Baptist church. So there was also this like interfamily pressure to go to church. Um, and that was kind of my, like most of my like younger memories of church and God are like watching people do call to the altars or, Ooh, yes. um, yeah, just, uh, you know, every Sunday this, watching this same woman just ball her eyes out and, um, you know, lay down at the, the altar and, and beg for forgiveness in front of everybody. But you, but no. you, you didn't have like a, like religious grandparents or anything that like that bred into that. You just had like, no, it was all, I mean, kind of my mom and my dad and the, I think interfamily pressures of needing to also, I'm going to say it's, it was like performative religion and, and my, it was very genuine for my mom and my dad, but, um, we only did the, they only did the acts when it had some sort of like social pressure to it. Oh, interesting. I, I mean, think I, they call it Sunday morning Christians. I think that's a term. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Fair weather Christians. I've mm. also heard. Um, but I separately had my own journey with it. I, uh, got hooked on those left behind books and they scared the shit out of me and serving their purpose. Uh, yeah, they, it, it did its job who, and who gave that worked on me for a while. Who, how did you get to them? I think my mom started reading it first and then, um, it was a popular book. So I, I don't know. I must've just grabbed it one day and, and read it and I read them all. I don't remember shit about it, but I read them all. What was the gist? Um, I mean, I I never. I think I saw a Simpsons yeah, episode that referenced his, it because break it down. The Simpsons. Yeah, like I mean the uh, the the gist is that like the rapture happens and like God suddenly takes everybody to heaven with him all at once, and um, the the book is about the people that are left behind and have to deal with the fact that they that God left them. Um, I, it, the, I, the first book is a little fascinating to think about your loved ones just suddenly disappearing and all they have they've just left their clothing and people have just been sucked out of vehicles and shit like that um but otherwise it's just doomsday straight you know scary straight scary christian material before we move on from this i want to also point out that this yeah. this book was a sensation that took over the nation of christianity for a very long time and the rapture yeah. is literally not in the bible it's in that book, and it all comes from that book. What? Yes, the rapture is not biblical. Confirmed. Looking at Parker. Yeah. Looking at that yeah, Parker. For real. Confirmed. Are you yeah. serious? Mm-hmm. Yep. What the fuck? What year was this book written? That's a good question. Because I feel like uh, I mean ninety-seven. I want to say ninety between ninety-five and ninety-nine. I would say. So some motherfucker made up the rapture. Yes. I hope that person's rich because they're scaring the shit out of people and. Those churches are getting paid, <laughs> not taxed, and this guy is probably not getting a fucking dime. Well, somebody else wrote the Bible too. So if that tells you anything about how powerful <laughs> men's words are, yeah, <clears throat> you just there fucking you blew my mind. <laughs> Make a lot of money starting a religion. So that scared you. How old were you then? Like ninety-seven. So you said, um, yeah, I guess like 
90, I guess like 15 or so. Yeah, middle school to high school age is kind of when I was into those. Um, and then I don't know what was the, the catalyst to it, but I just sort of went through a phase of rejecting all of that, not through any necessarily like wisdom or, uh, or, or, you know, thoughts, but I, I don't know, a, maybe a, rebel, a rebellion phase of some sort. And uh, I came back to it um, in my junior year of high school because of a girl um, who got me to go to church again. And um, yeah, over the course of like three years, I eventually was like leading the worship band. I was going off to seminary to, to go be a, a pastor or a Christian wizard. And um yeah and that's when things got i guess interesting or that's when things got real christian uh, wizard i love i love that yeah i need a new band name so i think that's gonna be it nah, <laughs> no, nah, that'd be that would be deceitful i think no i no i mean um it, it's interesting that yeah you just dismissed it uh not surprising that someone uh in high school could could fall back into a trap because of a lady I'm sure that that's not an uncommon thing. I mean, I remember uh, in like the fucking fifth grade uh, buying a New Kids on the Block tape or something. So and and trying to learn the song. So like this like this girl I rode the bus with, but so I could be cool because I I mostly had Weird Al tapes at the time. The things we do. Uh, yeah, I I have many other experiences like that, like uh, watching Aladdin or something. <laughs> like I didn't want to see that. <laughs> I uh, can show you the world. Fuck! See, look at the trauma it causes. I just pissed a little just because of that. <laughs> oh man! So where did, you, where did you take that? Okay, now now you've 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 uh you're you're dating, you've, you're back in church. You're 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 trying to lead the band. <laughs> Is that what it means? Uh, you kind of want to preach yeah. shit to people. You th- you feel Worship like leader. you're doing good. You're gonna save their souls. Your parents are on board with this. They think this is a good thing. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. No, my mom thought it was awesome. I think there was a little bit of a concern that I was not choosing a path that was going to be very lucrative but um but i'd be rich in god so uh i got to like the upper level bible courses and i i have to credit my um bible study teachers professors in at, at anderson university for um always pushing everybody to question um there was never like I never felt that it was a clear indoctrination path, at least in the Bible and religion uh, areas. Uh, they pushed people to question and to, you know, challenge their assumptions and to read the book and not just um, repeat pithy things that they heard on Sundays. So I got all the way up to the three hundred level courses and um, basically my last year, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I got to a point where I just had heard enough and I was like, I, it just clicked for me one day. Like, Oh, we, we just made all this up. Like this has all been made up by very powerful men over, you know, hundreds of years. And we have this adaptation of it right now. And, um, it wasn't like this hundreds of years ago. It's not going to be like this hundreds of years now, but, um, it's, this is all, a man-made way to explain uh our existence 
Was, was there anything specific about it that got you there? Was it talking about the history? Was it, do you have any specific that like drew, drove yeah. you there? Because I think that's probably the most interesting piece. Is I'm, like, I'm interested in that, especially. More, more people that, need to read that. That same sort of thing happened to me too, so. I think a big part was like learning about all the other myths around or the other um, messiahs around the time of Jesus. Like Jesus is not the only person who is claimed to have died and rose from the dead three days later. There were many of them around his time. Um, and Jesus rose to popularity primarily because, I mean, these guys were mostly walking around pretending to be magicians and Jesus was the only one who didn't charge people to come see him do magic tricks. And um, so he got a huge following, uh, you know, among, um, frankly, like degenerate people and those lower in society. Um, but that was powerful enough for his story to carry on and be so powerful to, to his followers. Oddly enough, this podcast is free, and those are the people that we're targeting at. There we are. Not Joel's parents, <laughs> hashtag. Not my parents. No. Stop listening. No, quality folks. Stop quality that. folks. Studying religion, what little I did in college, and finding out that like a lot of the... A lot of it, and, and studying mythology because that was kind of part of like that that career path at a at a non secular school was like to make sure that you had all those different pieces. Uh, but yeah, like learning that there's a very similarities between all these like kind of creation myths and these messiah figures, yeah. and and learning that which kind of just fueled my already like building atheism that I had from just growing up and just not buying it. But um, so like yeah, in the in the Mennonite church. Um, there was a lot of people that it seemed like it was a competition to be holier than thou. Um, very much like the, the lady doing the altar calls, like you were saying, going up there and repenting every Sunday and making a scene about it. Um, like it seemed like a social ladder that was being climbed. And then I started to notice the segregation of other people who weren't in our little clique or niche of churchgoers. Uh, and then I ended up seeing that that was basically the entire surrounding area of the county that I lived in. And if you weren't with a church, then you were pretty weird and looked at differently, uh, which was strange. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to get the fuck out of my entire uh, area of Indiana and go somewhere else. Where I grew up, I, I didn't feel a, a pressure from like those around me or, or, or feel any strange for having different beliefs but when i did move to indiana that really took shape so i mean to this day like every company i work at i i the the company that eric and i last worked at the the first um company meeting we had we started it with a prayer and this was like a 60 person Hmm. public company um wow and that's just you know that's a thing that's you know a little bit expected here and people don't speak up about having other types of beliefs that maybe don't fit into that. And you just kind of accept it as a norm. I didn't know that. And I'm glad that didn't happen while I was there. Wow. Yeah. That's, Dude, that's crazy. That is crazy. I've never worked anywhere that, that people did that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you can get away with that today. But. So you're there, you, you've, you've read too much. They've, they've taught you to question. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've seen things online where like there are priests and like religious folk that, don't necessarily take it all very literally and then see it as stories. And I, I think it's kind of the minority, yeah. but I think it's interesting that those people can exist and still be people that are don't necessarily take it literally. 
Well, and and I for a while, like I resisted uh, calling myself or thinking about myself as like agnostic or atheist because um, I thought like, okay, if they if all of these similar stories exist, maybe that speaks to some sort of truth some sort of universal truth and we're all just making up stories around it um and i'm like bargaining with myself a bit like i i can still believe i can still go to church even though i i don't think that like god is the god we talk about in this church or um that he necessarily cares about these 10 commandments versus these tenets or whatever mm-hmm. um and the uh, another thing that uh kind of shocked my system and in college was uh our university was sort of the host for this particular sect of of christianity denomination not sect and um each year like all of the pastors would you know come to that area and they would have their little convention and one year they did a survey among everybody that was anonymous and they asked like how many of them still believe in god and something like 20 percent came back and said they were they lost faith like years ago, but they continue to preach and they continue to lead churches. Um, and yeah, that blew my mind. Now that's wild to hear that, that somebody who is preaching stopped believing, but still kept doing it. Like it was an act. Uh, yeah. Is it a yeah. job? I mean, it's a job, right? Well, I mean, well, yeah, the that's more, career. That's your skill set. That's what you got. Like, we gonna do? I don't. Know, people fear that they're gonna be in fast food or some yeah. shit. Performative, as as you were saying. I mean, well, the more you read the Bible and find inconsistencies with things or your own belief system, like how could God be this petty and jealous? Would a deity really yeah. act like that? And then you start questioning why people are mistreated and why certain individuals have a door into heaven. Why some denominations might not have a door into heaven. Yeah. That's yeah. Separation for me the fact that like there are similarities it, it makes you wonder if like it, it came from some sort of root story that maybe had been true but like it's so hard to have any faith in that when everything's just been so corrupted that you know you don't know what what was good about it at some point right like i don't know but yeah but you're yeah. also in a religion but even in my bargaining with that though i you know eventually i was i realized the the myths that i've heard are western myths these don't, there's like a whole, like an Eastern culture that doesn't, you know, just create messiahs the same way that Western religions do. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a lot more world out there and belief out there than, um, the things I tried to dry, draw similarities to in order to, um, keep believing and not ostracize myself, myself from, uh, my like in group. So if you are, all in, you know, that far in life. And then, I mean, what does that do? Because before that, like you are, I'm good. I'm down with the JC. Uh, Heaven's in my future. Everything's all right. Then one day it's just not, was it that shocking? Did you, did you have like, was that your first sense of like real dread or like, like, was it, was it, was it gradual or was it like some sort of immediate epiphany? Or was there dread? I, I would I would say it was like a series of epiphanies. Um like I can I can recall many times where I'm like, oh, that like I'm 
I'm seeing beyond the veil here a little bit, and I need to think about this more deeply. Um, and then enough of those stack up that it forces you to to change a little bit. Um, I don't know, honestly, though, if I would have been as upfront about what I was thinking and feeling. I was still going to this church and like playing every Sunday and singing in front of all these people while at the same time thinking about all this. And I only stopped because the girl I was with at the time basically outed me to her family. And then it started a whole social um, apocalypse, I guess. <laughs> how do you get outed? Um, like, how does that work? What does is, what is somebody say to out believe. you? Yeah. like yeah, She got upset with her parents at dinner one time and, and was like, oh, yeah, well, Parker's an atheist. And I, can't, I think possibly the most upsetting thing she could have said to them. Um, yeah. Wow. And not something that I would have ever shared with these people. So yeah, that, that kind of thing then forced me to, okay, now like my church leaders are coming to me and being like, Hey, what we heard this thing, what's going on with you? All of my friends are asking. And I am having had these very like intense conversations with them about why, like, I think it's okay that they believe what they believe. And I just, I don't, and I have, I don't feel like I can live truthfully and continue on this path. I mean, you can imagine how close a uh, community is when you're going to, you know, church with them multiple times a week and you're doing Bible studies with them and, and singing together with them. Like just the act of singing with other people is so powerful and bonding. Mm. And uh, then it's just like gone. They don't. So you were want to, excommunicated, correct? Not like kicked out. Like they would continue to invite me to things, but it was now only the only thing we talked about was like going to church or like, getting back in the faith or like challenging something I said before, mm -hmm. or we don't have a relationship anymore. They're just like trying to prove me wrong or bring me back into the fold. Um, yeah. It's, it's dehumanizing in, in a lot of ways. What about your professors and stuff that kind of taught you to be open? Did they, did you have to talk to them and what kind of response did you get from them? Cause at least if anything, that's I, the people that should yeah. probably still have your back somehow. I do remember talking to one of them and just like trying to, kind of like hoping he would help me logic back into faith in some way. And he, I'll never forget. He just shrugged and he's like, we all have to wrestle with these things. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, like well, it's fair. What else do you say? Do you get the sense that maybe he, he was just in there for the career? Like maybe he was the one that was open because he might have already lost that, but that's his job. You never know. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you never know. Maybe. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think so with that guy in particular, but. Do you, do you have um, any, any relationships with anybody from there at all? Or did they all just abandon you? Yeah, all my relationships stopped with them. But when, when my mom passed away, suddenly um, lots of those folks showed up for me. And even the, 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 the lady I was helping, uh, who was the official like worship leader of this church, she um, played piano for my mom at, at her funeral. So, I mean, they came back in some ways, but she also, as a parting gift, like shared with me a book of just like all of the uh, songs we had sang in church together. So it's, it's always like a little bit dripped in. If you don't mind um, me asking, what yeah. what denomination was it? 
Uh, Church of God. Church of God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was going to say, because like, that's, uh, that's one of them too that are on the list of kind of the cult sort of churches and like the behavior oh, of the excommunication. Um, like, tell me you're not a cult, but tell me you're a cult at the same time. Like, that's. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> what else makes it? Is that really the part that makes it feel like culty? The fact that it like has like a. A friend trap or what else that leads it to be like considered that i guess well there's there's other people that i know um and there's there's a whole world of them on tiktok talking about this stuff too but like just people that i've known um that have talked about their experiences are very similar to that um and if you like people who had um pregnancies and were like just like no longer talked to anymore by their friends. They lost all their friends because of that. Um, that's happened to so many people from like the, the hometown area as well. Um, it's pretty common to like, you're, I mean, if you're supposed to be preaching about love and, and bringing people in like the whole separating yourself from the, the people who are sinners doesn't make really any sense. Yeah. Well, spoiler <clears throat> alert. If most religions just kind of a cult, yeah, they're all, they'll have their tendencies. Uh, well, a lot of them. Do you, looking back, do you feel like it was culty? Or, I mean, I don't know. You, because you've only been with one church, that's the church you know. Yeah, in some ways. Like, I, I, cause I was also engaged in the like summer camps. And I, I think those are the areas where I, I felt it was most culty. Cause there's a, I mean, when you're stuck with people for a whole week and all you talk about is this one thing and like, it was, you know, lots of those call to the altars again. And like, I, I have sort of like read and listened to podcasts about other cults and, you know, there's a lot of like key differences mm-hmm. for sure. Like they're not trying to ostracize me from my friends and family while I'm in the church. And that's, you know, a, a, a key characteristic of, of cults. But um, I, I, when, when people, you know, look at uh, or hear about cults and they're like, well, I would never fall for that. And I'm I'm kind of like eh, that's bullshit. Like we all feel really good when you're singing the same song with a room full of people, and you believe it has a higher purpose. Like it's really intoxicating and enticing. What year are you in college then? I think I was a senior, uh, but I took a victory lap because of all of this. I, I needed to, uh, yeah, because I I had all these like Bible and religion credits, and then suddenly I had to pivot it to a degree that was going to make money so um yeah so i I had to take another year um at the same school though you stayed at the religious school like even though i did they had a really good business school for a bible you know a a religious private school so (laughs) so i did want to say that like in spite of like i you know i knew that what i was going through was my own journey and um I, the thing that broke my heart about so many of the conversations that I had with folks after the fact, when they were asking like, why don't you believe this? What about this? What about this? What about this? Is I could tell that, I mean, they were heartbroken, a lot of them. But another part of it was that like, if I didn't believe in what they believed, my belief was a rejection of theirs. I was saying that like, you're wrong. Like I went to three years of this university and I figured out you're wrong. And I never felt that way. I still don't feel that way. Um, 
I'm not like there are lots of they're the Richard Dawkins of the world and the Christopher Hitchens who are who are like more militant atheist and I I just I don't know maybe I'm too midwestern for that um I feel like everybody has their own journey with this and uh I still do believe there are like universal truths that we all sort of reach to and mm -hmm. can agree on so anything I say here I'm not saying to anybody you're wrong about what you think or you feel like um, I have had very powerful experiences where I thought that God was talking directly to me um, where I thought I was seeing like miracles yeah and I, I those experiences I in a lot of ways still believe are real but what context yeah. do you feel that in now to go from believing all these things to like looking back on those things that were meaningful because it sounds like you didn't like convince yourself that you were just like all culted up and like and and not no you've still felt something from it which i think we, we you know you and i have talked about before and I think we've said on here before it's like some of it doesn't matter what was real as long as as it meant something to you which i think is also like kind of like yeah. the basis of fucking doing this to begin with it's like it, i'm not i don't want to judge people for shit because if it's meaningful then it then it's something yeah i'm i i don't know that i could say that better that's that's uh that's why yeah, I run I this shit. That's I why I fucking have the podcast. <laughs> I can relate. I can relate to having the experiences and feeling moved and feeling like God has spoken to me. And well, and that's I. I yeah. do believe in God still. I just don't believe in religion um, or the Bible. Um, I think yeah. you know it's a guideline or like a a good story for some good practices, but then also there's a lot of separation practices in there and division uh, and elitism. Yeah. But like, I still feel spiritually connected. Um, and I have had experiences like just even like a couple of months ago, like on a bus, I was having like a really, really like crazy heart thing that was going on. And I chugged a, a monster and had to run to make the bus. And when I got on, I thought I was going to fucking die. And I was like literally sitting in a seat and like about to faint. I was like sweating cold. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And then I was like, please, God, just stop. Calm my racing heart. And I'm like saying a prayer to myself. And then this lady who's just been talking nonsense in front of me in a wheelchair on the bus uh, changes her story to talking about, well, I just don't drink coffee anymore before I get on the bus because it, it makes my, my heart race. And I'm like, what did she just say? And so I just started listening to what she was saying and just like everything started to calm me. I was like, all right, all right, you're talking to me through somebody else. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it sounds like an ex experience <laughs> you've had before. Heart racing, feel like you're going to die. Right. And sometimes you do. And sometimes you sometimes come back. Sometimes you do. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you got to eat the whole box. Yeah. Everybody, uh, reference episode one. The concept of God changes i think after you do these things right like could you still say like you still believe in god but like what you think that is probably is what's way different, different right way different than yeah. yeah not a man in the sky i guess like when you said i mean you didn't say it. your your bitch ass girlfriend said it when she outed you i'm sure she's lovely um but like uh said you were an atheist <laughs> we've, we've all grown yeah is is yeah. that is that what you would have labeled yourself at the time like you just gave it all up and no. like it's all bullshit or what would you have said no, at the time, I mean, at the time, I I would have said like I'm I may be an an atheist for this particular religion or this particular god, but I I, I don't know. I, I think at the time I would have said I I'm not arrogant enough to think I know 
whether there is or is not a God or an end and or anything after the end. Um, yeah, so I, I probably would have said I was agnostic. So she basically just spoke for you and was maybe yes. angry at her parents and wanted to just make them feel like like most teenagers do to rebel against their parents, sort of like, I'm going to date the yeah. most hard dude with a motorcycle and he's in a gang. Like, Yeah, and you just get to be the like, atheist. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And you're the atheist. Still yes. a fucking great guy, but guess what? His beliefs, <laughs> fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> from your feelings of now I'm an agnostic, I still have like these feelings because I felt like I've had these experiences with, with experiences with something bigger. Where do you take that as far as like, were you on a, a journey to find something else and feel like you needed to fill that void? Or was it just something you put behind you and put work in its place or something else? Yeah, I had a few people in my life that um, spoke positively of like psychedelic experiences enough to like, interest me in reading more about it um because it was so i, I mean my dad was uh a, a, an addict and um i was terrified of drugs and alcohol and i didn't drink alcohol until i was 21 and um i didn't look at i didn't like to me it, drugs was just drugs they didn't have there was no like category there wasn't like here are the fun ones and here are the ones that make your head feel better um, and, um, I mean, you are the ones like, that... I think, I mean, you're a little bit younger than me, but you're still part of like a generation that was like part of Nancy Reagan and just say no, that she built where yeah, I remember yeah. like watching videos in the library of that guy. And everybody, if you haven't seen this video, I felt like everybody's watched it before where the guy does uh LSD and then jumps out the window or Oof. maybe he thinks he's a glass of orange juice. I can't remember what it was. It was something weird like that. So yeah, I think and, and my brother was the same way where he did not drink until he was 21 for uh, yeah. similar reasons. I got to say your campaign is way better than Nancy Reagan's. I mean, just say no versus drugs or drugs. I mean, I'd wear a drugs or drugs <laughs> t-shirt any day. Um, yeah. So no, I, I had enough, I, I read enough about it and, I uh, had had enough friends that like took psychedelic drugs and didn't die and um, spoke of, of it positively. And, and even my, some of my own family members who I think got more spiritual after taking a psychedelic. And I, that was just like fascinating to me. It's, it, it was like, okay, here's this thing. They've always told you like, this is bad, 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 mm -hmm. and, but I'm seeing it make positive changes in people's life. Yeah. So I got, and I, I think, you know, I listened to uh, the episode with Kai, and I think there's a lot there that I um, kind of, like, I heard him talking about it as medicine, and there was a lot of, of that kind of language that I was really into at the time, and eventually I was just like, I'm ready to try it. So um, I, I had somebody give me mushrooms and took them and didn't die, and it was, like, kind of scary, kind of weird. It was all right. This is after college uh, um, or like while you're uh, doing your victory lap? Well, after college, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you um, at one point on those experiences with mushrooms think you were going to either A, die or not come back to being normal again while on them? Um, not not those first few. I have had those since. Um, and um, those are not fun. <laughs> <laughs> but they're important to go through yes. sometimes. 
Um, but yeah, no, before I took it, I was like, what if I am one of the, my dad was also, um, undiagnosed for a long time, schizophrenic. And, uh, I was like, what, what if this is the thing that will activate that in my brain and I'm just lost forever. And, you know, I can't, you can't unring a bell. I can't untake this drug. Yeah. And I worried about that for, for years kind of. And, and it's only now that I'm like, that's kind of bullshit nobody takes like some people do smoke pot and go way off the rails but it's like very very few nothing nothing earth shattering with those just a good time and that's that was the beginning of it yeah i think i was i was resistant to take a lot of it because i sort of thought that i'm still young my brain is maybe fungible like i didn't i didn't really have any interest in being somebody that was like i don't know you, you see like weed culture people or like rasta people or whatever and that's rasta's it's different thing but you know what i mean like like weed culture stuff and you're like oh that's kind of that's not my thing it's a little strange in some ways and like that i think there's some like you can look at people and be like ah, oh, they're into mushrooms or an acid and they've got like that whole vibe to them and I've been to fish I shows. I wasn't really. I know. I've been to. <laughs> yeah, I've been to a few fish shows. <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I was looking for the words. I see yeah. them. I see them. They're they're there. They're spinning. I mean, they, they just they, they spin and like, and then they spin some more. It's pretty awesome. They're spinning. I love that. I did eventually take what, uh, and I now know, is called like a heroic dose, and uh, <laughs> at the time I just thought like this isn't working. Yum yum yum. Like That's did that a happened. couple times. And then it kicks in and, and yeah, I thought I was already dead. I thought like I've, I've already seen beyond I'm in it. Like my, my family is going to be so embarrassed when they read the news articles tomorrow and, and find out that I died by taking too much of this. And then like you, you legitimately, I think go insane uh, at a high enough dose. And then your mind just sort of like rebuilds itself and everything's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you saying are you saying you went insane? I legitimately like at a high enough dose I was like I legitimately felt like I'd lost my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like the nothing in reality worked the way it should. I couldn't it's just like infinite association. Every thought you have, it's just a string of consciousness that connects to another thing over and over and over and you you try to like grasp onto one piece of reality. Um like this wall is solid and you go to touch the wall and your hand moves through the wall. And you can't even, you know, like I can't even lean on the wall. Like it's every association with reality is gone. Do you feel like that was like a, an ex, a, a experience thing? Like, cause you'd not done it before that, that maybe that like somebody who had done that often would have appreciated that and then controlled it. I think, I think that what I experienced that time was ego death and um, mm -hmm. that I was resisting it. I was too worried about dying and I was holding on to life and holding on to my ego not dying too much and if i had just let go everything would have been okay i wouldn't have been having this panic about um being insane and because i've had experiences like that since and when it's happening i go i know i've experienced this before and i just need to kind of breathe in breathe out and let go and it's scary to do that because you do at some level still think like i might die maybe i'm overdosing and i'm dying uh this is too scary to talk about this is not going to convince people to <laughs> well can try, try mushrooms yes i just wanted to definitely confirm this was mushrooms and not acid but i i have this was lsd this was lsd okay mm. so yeah i've definitely on on mushrooms had an experience where i i thought that i was dying 
but disconnected from my mind a bit. And like you're right, it is it is a part where you're letting go and you're connecting to like spiritual worlds in a, in a sense. Uh, yeah. You're like seeing yourself outside of your own body, even sometimes, and and not really actually like astral projection or anything like that. But like you can separate your mind from your body in in a way that you yeah. see the world and reality differently, and taking concepts and and things that will like answer questions that you've had your whole entire life. And then by the time you're back to normal, you forget how you connected those dots sometimes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But they make sense when you're on them. And it's like, if you could only write them down or think to write them down. (laughs) (laughs) And by ego death, can you explain that a little bit? I mean, I know I've heard it before and I wrote about it, but like, what does that mean in your, your view? Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess for me, I don't know the like technical definition of it anymore, but uh, I think of it as, you know, it's that, again, the detachment from your own personal history of like, I am Parker, I am, this is my dog, this is my home and all of that. You lose all that association with the things that make you, you. And um, you can sort of, you recognize that it's happening and uh, like I said, you can try to go like, no, like I'm going to look at my license. I'm just going to keep reading my license or like, I'm going to go look in the mirror, never look in the mirror. Um, you know, try it. Like I'll hold on to the part that makes me, me ego death is just the, the elimination of that for a short period of time. Um, and some associations, I think people hear ego death and they're like, hell yeah. Um, that's where the truth is. And others think that's the most terrifying moment of my life. It is. But that's you, like, when you take a breath and let go and, like, allow what you're doing to kind of do its thing, right? Is that part that part of it? I think so, yeah. I don't think I'm very good at it, to be honest. Like, the, the few times that I've I've had a, a substance that took me there, like, I, I always go to, like, latching on and, and fear and anxiety about my life and... And I think another key aspect is is exactly what Joel was saying. Like you are sort of like connecting with everything else and that becomes so overwhelming. And so in a lot of ways you feel more connected to everything for a short period of time. And then suddenly you're grasping for what you feel is like left of your sanity or your consciousness or what makes you you. Very hard to let go of the, well, we could just call it the material world, the superficial world. Um, and I, to, to, to clarify, I, uh, last year had an ego death without drugs and it was because I was literally having like a mental breakdown, uh, which I needed, um, and anxiety from being, I'm not going to say abandoned, but I was, I was in a place by myself that I didn't expect to be, uh, by myself. And it was for a whole week and I sort of lost grips with like all the anxiety and stuff that I had been dealing with and the perceptions of myself that I had been holding on to my entire life that I needed to actually flush down the toilet and let go. Um, and so it definitely improved my life having this ego death happen. Uh, and I'm, my perceptions changed forever because of that. It's like one of those things, once you become aware of something, you can never again become unaware of it. You can like when we take yeah. the magic glasses off, uh, we can yeah. never put them back on. Do you feel like you had that at all? Yeah. I mean, what that was, was backwards. What Sorry, was, you put them on, you can never take them off. 
<laughs> glasses do both things. I'll give you that. So, um, no, but when you when you had your your death experience, do you feel like was that an ego death at some, to, to some degree, mm. or it didn't, it, or just no. not all of it? That was that was a completely different thing for me, uh, in sense of feeling and and spirituality connections. I will wonder if some people have that experience at that time too. That's why I'm asking. I have no idea. So, Eric, have you had any experience like that, or I, I forget like our psychedelic histories? Wait, here, wait, wait! This isn't where you come in and fucking interview me. What the fuck do you think this is? This is my fucking house. Bitch. No, um, no. I think it's funny. I was gonna bring that up. Is that you said, uh, uh, "Don't look in the mirror," and I don't know if that's true. Like, I felt like that was one of the I best mean, things I've ever done. I always did that too. Like, I really bad. do. If there's anything that made me feel like I was a vessel, and like yeah. not like just like I, it was like that that uh, the Matrix. Like when he's like, "Oh, I'm sick of wearing this meat suit." See, that's another perfect impersonation by me of Hugo Weaving as that guy in the Matrix. I'm sick of wearing this meat suit. No, actually, that sounds like the guy from uh, Vincent Delfrenero from. Uh, 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 men in black when he's wearing this the Edgar oh, suit. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. I got two references in one. Fucking uh this is the the pop culture uh, podcast. But no, but I I that I felt like that. I felt like this that's the first time I ever like felt like this is not me. I felt like I was looking through looking at something else and I felt like, you know, yeah. and maybe I was a little melty in the face. That's fine. I know that's supposed to happen. Yeah. And that's why they tell you not to look, but like I felt like I was seeing through myself and like that's probably mm-hmm. one of the 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 bigger like chemically induced experiences for me, right? Like I did that yeah. quite a bit. Uh but most of it was like uneventful and just like just five dudes losing their mind in a room. But but the, no, but like that was the <laughs> when that happened. And I think I only did it like once or twice, but like where I looked in the mirror, but like that was big for me and like it it changed things. I never really had that experience on any sort of like fungus uh, but yeah, like an LSD, yes, definitely. There, okay, yeah. There are a couple of things I could say about mirrors. One, one being everybody should look up why people cover mirrors when people die, or why mirrors are covered up oh. in, in houses and things like that. There's a spiritual world connection to those, and magic connections and things like that. The ghost world, uh, all kinds of things like that. But then also our vision, our eyes. Um, you can look at anything. You can look at things two ways. You can look at it and you can look through it. And when you look through it, your eyes move to do it. And that's how you can look at magic eye books and that sort of thing. If you look at a mirror, you don't actually usually ever look at the mirror. You're looking at yourself. You're looking at your reflection. But if you do that magic eye at a mirror, you look through the fucking mirror. Try it sometime. Yeah, that's a good way to put it i've i've never heard that description that's and yeah when we're on acid or mushrooms our eyes are constantly rotating around yeah and so that's what causes us to see like our skin moving and shit like that but like if you do that while you're on acid you're looking through the mirror and like i literally think that you can be like contacted or approached when you're in those states i think so like spirit world engage possibly i I, yeah i do feel like i've been spoken to in a lot of ways through that like um and and when you're looking beyond yourself in a mirror in a well-lit bathroom usually like you see like i am like covered in light i am like i light emanates from me i'm just i'm another creature in this this world and you know 
forgetting a little bit about like the particulars of me and the bullshit I have to do at work and, and appreciating, uh, just being a human being. Um, it's fucking great. I mean, those are things that are really deep things to say, and I appreciate that, but I still feel like Joel just told everybody, you told everybody like <laughs> not to do mushrooms in a really, uh, way, weird way. And you just told everybody yeah. Yeah, you, if you like magic eye of the mirror, you might see yeah. the schooner. I mean, sailboat, uh, small <laughs> rats reference. Okay. Uh, I don't know if that's what you were saying. Are you just saying on the drugs that you can magic eye the mirror? Or if I do that now, I'm going to see some shit. Um, I'm not saying you're oh, necessarily yeah, going to see some shit, but you can do this. Uh, you don't have to be on the drug to, to, to magic eye your eyes at anything. You know what? I, I hope that, and maybe I should edit this in a way that it just encourages people to go magic eye the mirror. Because I would love to think that everyone who listens to this, including your parents, like end up going to the mirror right after this and start magic eyeing the shit out of it. It's just interesting to think. I'm try it now, yeah. You can look at something, but you can also see through it. Yeah. People, mirrors, objects, whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I get yeah. it. I'm just the most shallow person here. I'm aware of that. <laughs> I'll make jokes about all of it and fucking make it sound dumb, but it, it's it's probably cool. I don't know, but I like that. I like the idea. I don't know. My low brownness just pictures people staring in the mirror the rest of the day, cross-eyed, and that that pleases me <laughs> to the fucking instinct degree. Because and I get to make a mall rats reference out of it. This is the fucking greatest day of my life. What's going on? Because again, like you were guy that believed in the old JC, uh, and then in in heaven, all these things. You became an agnostic, outed as an atheist incorrectly by some terrible person uh and then uh she's fine she's a great person i love her she's great uh i hope she listens uh and then then, (laughs) and then i know doing these things scaring the shit out of yourself um taking deep breaths trying to have the ego death like where does that put you like after that like where are you then i I guess i've i've gone from a place that i i was as soon as i had had acid i was like this is a medicine and like can sometimes be just like a vacation with having without having to spend two grand going somewhere or whatever. And I was like, I'm gonna do this once a month just to like reset a little bit. Um and I I, I did do that for a, maybe a couple years and I had friends that I told that I would do that and they uh you know they were like, oh he's doing hard drugs. Um yeah and then over time I'm just I've found like I I've needed it less and less. Um often i mean i still recreationally will will do that and i've done i've gone through like ketamine therapy in the past year and a half yeah but i think like the the ultimate like people are worried about like i'll take this drug and i'll change forever or whatever and i did change but i think that like you will change in very positive ways if you uh use this as a tool to sort of like re um approach your own self and reapproach life with wonder and you will find more meaning everywhere and um not be afraid of it yeah i think overall like the 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 best way that this has worked for me is i'm i'm just less afraid about life i'm less afraid about dying um i'm not saying that i'm not afraid to die like i do i want to live as long as possible but uh the like the fear there uh, capital of fear, like it's it's lessened, and I at least know how to reckon with it. I guess. Yeah, I I can uh, attest to the same things you said about the reset, but spe- specifically the reset, and then the benefits of microdosing, 
Uh, I mean, we're not going to go yeah. full balls out pro mushrooms, but yeah, I mean, kind of pro mushrooms. Well, but you know, you're not like necessarily like the larger lose your fucking marbles doses where uh, you do have sort of an inside your body, outside your body experience. But uh, those are those are definitely like moments where you learn some shit about. Yeah, your existence and your being for well, sure. I, yeah, and I think it, it, I said it before, like those days were like they definitely changed me. I was never the same after doing those things. So yeah, it was totally medicinal, totally opened my mind to some different ideas. Though when I went into it, that was obviously not what I was thinking. It was just you know that's what my friends were doing, and it, and I that sounded like a good time. But it, it was definitely mm. uh, changed me. And you, but you know, like we're saying now, like now they have these different therapies that involve uh, different types of psychedelics and things. So, and I know that you and I talked at a bar <laughs> watching a band about the ketamine thing because I was considering that, and like oh, I yeah. looked into yeah. the the one that they send you, like that you like Facebook advertises, and they're like, hey, we'll send you some ketamine, and you take it, and you write in a journal, and 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 all that. I looked at the. I think it's called Spravato, which is something that's administered by a doctor that kind of does that for you. And that's a nasal spray, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing. You have to do it at least twice a week and you have to have three hours of time at a time to do it. So, and that's over a long period of time. So it's hard to figure that out. But I guess I'm curious, like, what your experiences were with that. I know we, we talked on it like personally, briefly, but how does that compare like medicinally to the things that you did yourself? They give you a dosage that's like not going to completely dissociate you, but it, like it will dissociate you enough to think about your problems more objectively. And I, I bet probably not the people that are going to listen to this, but a lot of people would be like taking a drug and you think about your life more than objectively, like that's horseshit. It's just drugs. Um, but this legitimately, like I, you go into one of these sessions with intentions and, or like a problem that you're struggling with. And you think about that and you're able to bring yourself outside of your own head, view your own actions or others with more empathy. O- over uh, the a six month period that, that I did it, I I grappled with stuff that I had been just avoiding for years. I, it was more useful to me those six months than the years of therapy I had done beforehand. Um, I I yeah, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for ketamine therapy. I I feel like anyone who's going through. Well, to be fair, I mean, just so everybody understands it, it, they would listen. But, but it is like it is taking the ketamine and having the time. Is it with the you said like the the blinders on, and then you lay down and kind of enjoy it, and then you're supposed to journal after the fact, right? I don't know if you did that, but those are the things I read. You're supposed to write down, and so you're almost like, and again, if you did this in a supervised, you just basically have a doctor there, and they're they're medical doctors, so they're not really going to be there to help you uh talk through things that's not their mm-hmm. job i think they're just there to monitor that you're okay but the journaling and stuff is basically you taking control of your own shit and having to write your own shit down and figure your own shit out so you don't really have help with that right right i mean this this program they do you can request people to talk to beforehand to talk to about the intentions what you're going to think about and then they can also jump on a call with you a couple hours later and, and talk through that with you so and there are programs where it's more direct, like you go to a place, you sit there, and eventually your therapist or psychiatrist walks in and you talk through it. I could see that being super valuable. I, for me, I, I did that for a couple sessions where you know there was like a Zoom call before and afterwards. But I very quickly was like, oh, I kind of know what's going on, and um, I don't. I would rather just spend the extra time journaling. 
but yeah, you do, you enter it as a, like a therapeutic experience. You block out all the light, uh, make everything like feel really peaceful where you're at and uh, make sure everything's quiet. You put on noise canceling headphones if you can, and you just listen to music and lay down and look at the back of your eyelids for a couple hours. And um, you do come to, and it feels it's a very soft landing and you just kind of journal about what you just experienced. Um, I mean, how's it compare then, though? Like, are you, do you feel like it's still <laughs> like hallucinations? Does it feel the same way? And I asked that personally because I think oh, when yeah. you and I talked about it. Like I, my problem is, is that I can't even imagine, especially, you know, being 44 and a father and like all the fucking responsibility that I have, like having, not having a fucking panic attack, just even thinking about doing something like that anymore. I don't know how chill that is, especially, well, also yeah. considering, you know, your experiences are like newer and, and mine are so many years ago. Yeah, I would say this this one is like a cheerful disassociation, if there can be. Like, it's it's very kind and it like it can go to a dark place. I had a, a bad experience on it one time. I just... I didn't eat all day. I was super tired. I like I I freaked out in the middle of it, and I called the person who was there to to watch me to to come sit with me, and regretted it immediately afterwards. But like they don't they don't give you a, a dose that's high enough to like you know not the K hole not kids in the K hole yeah yeah I, I have I have that's, a couple I don't of know what that experience is like I've never experienced a K hole so about the I have not done this but you both have tried the therapeutic version. No, I haven't. You haven't. No, I, okay. I I was curious about it, and that's why when I I just happened. I don't know why. Did I bring it up to you? I swear I did. Yes. Or did you? I don't know how that. I worked. think you did. Yeah. Like literally in a bar, I'm just like I want to do ketamine for my mind, and like, and he's like, I just did. Oh, yeah. you mean, oh, you mean in the past? Okay. Uh, but no, I I had heard that it in in uh, a controlled dose, uh, like will cure depression, not like forever, not permanently, but. Uh, yeah. it cures depression also I, i'm not fully aware but is i heard that it was a horse tranquilizer by like design like that was the original intention for it but then they they found that the kids that were using it were actually clearing depression uh and they were yeah, like oh. i don't yeah i don't know about its origins i tried it because i was like at my wits end with depression mm -hmm. i um i wasn't you know suicidal but i was uh, I would say like maybe socially suicidal. I was ready to just nuke everything in my life and stop talking to everybody I knew and quit my job and just run away from everything. And um, I, I was obsessed with it for, for months. And yeah, this was just a thing. I was like, I can throw $2,000 at this, try drugs over the internet, which is hilarious. And uh, walked away like it being way more, uh, meaningful and serious than I thought but yeah it absolutely yeah, it's used for depression now like there are I think ways you the nasal thing Eric you were talking about I think you can get those at like much smaller like therapeutic doses that you you take throughout the week and don't like need to clear your calendar um no I'm for that that's what I need I need to get shit done and slightly trip balls to clear my uh <laughs> all my depression <laughs> But that's just really interesting, though, that you you better than the SSRI. So you you are there, saying yes. dissociation, not disassociation. Like um, 
I was, yeah. Okay. Now awesome. I'm trying to like Yeah, that's um, with the blinders on. What specifically does that that do for the experience? Oh, um yeah, you put just like an eye mask on. They send you this really fancy eye mask. And uh, honestly, the the eye mask it has this like a pad around the eye so you can keep your eyes open the whole time. Um, but when you're just looking into darkness, you actually like you see a lot of things you would see in a, a psychedelic experience. It's very mm -hmm. like tame, but you know you get to see like shapes and the and, and all that. No, so no. yeah, and like blocking out light helps with that because otherwise you like see the things in your room. Like you become right. very sensitive to light, so you just see the shit in your room and and focus on that. Now, have you without that uh, you ever use uh, an eye mask and just like visualize stuff like can you can you now close your eyes and visualize things uh with your eyes closed oh i've never thought about that that's because like the mirror thing yeah. i i do that i've i've always done that um i was talking really? with my fiance about this actually too and like yeah like uh i can just visualize stuff with my eyes closed but it seems like there's a thing where people weren't able to do that not everyone is able to do that apparently like people who don't have yeah. inner monologues and shit? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that was part of the conversation was about the inner dialogue in our heads and things like that. Now we have two homework assignments. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Pull my eye mask out of the drawer. Well, now there. I need to try ketamine. I mean, there's... <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks thanks for listening, Mom and Dad. <clears throat> it's medicine. We, I think that's the whole point. Like, yes, maybe we did some of these things for fun, but it ends up being medicine. And I, you know... It, but, you know, that was like the appeal to me too, is that like... When I read about it, it was like you just said, it wasn't taking a medicine every day. And I've been on a lot of medicines for depression and anxiety, and they're hard to get on, they're hard to get off. And I have friends that are uh, in psychiatry that I try and explain to them the challenge of saying, you should try this, it's going to make you better, maybe, and you'll find yeah. out in three months. But also for those three months, for some of us, you're going to be so fucking useless because you're going to be slow. You're not going to think the same. And that maybe in those three months after that, you'll be fine and you'll be better than you were before. But if you're not, then I'm going to have to prescribe you something else to try. And we're going to mm -hmm. have to wean off one and put you on another. And you're going to be a fucking zombie for that entire period. So we call a baseline crapshoot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that that is not appealing. So like when I was reading about the ketamine and it said that people had results and they could put hours into it instead of just wasting you know months of my life just like finding out that this this thing doesn't work uh that seemed very appealing to me to to something to try uh so but yeah but carving out even like three hours at a time can be challenging sometimes for some of us i mean i guess the other thing that that you know we talk about a lot or want to talk about more on here is that you did have experiences with dmt as well but just just once or twice or how many times have you done that i think three times um i don't know what to say about that like you hear lots of people talk about the uh, people see similar things while they're experiencing it i honestly it's a hard thing to take it's a very harsh thing to inhale so i don't think i there's only one time i felt like it worked for the full amount of time um in in that experience i heard the voice of my future daughter speaking to me um so that was cool whoa how did you know that's kids. what it was <clears throat> just like um implanted did she tell there? you well i mean she talks like she 
talk to me. But, but she said that. She's, she's like, like, what's up? Let me, uh, hold on. It's impression time. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I don't want to necessarily just move <laughs> hey, away from this one I'm right away. I'm a future donor. Yeah. Like, what, did, what, did, what, what was said? How did you know? It was a similar kind of thing, like in a dark room, shut out all light and sound. And um, because like, it's, it's, it's a powerful thing. You'll see a lot of stuff, but if, if something else is going on around you, it's very distracting. So like, I think the first or second time I did it, I could hear a bird outside the window and that was all I could think about the whole time. So you have to kind of, it's with anything like set and setting, but no, in this experience, like I was kind of getting, I was, I was coming up and I was feeling scared and I heard this soothing voice and she was just saying like, you're going to be all right. Everything's all right. And I, I was like, how do you know? And she's like, cause you haven't met me yet. And I, I was like, I don't even know who you are. Like, who are you? And she said, you know who I am. Um, and I was like, you're my daughter. And I like immediately just felt in a wave over my body, um, through my body. And she's like, that's, that's yes. And I'm asking, I'm like, tell me more about you. Like, when am I going to meet you? And, and, you know, um, and what's your name and all of this. And she's kind of answering some of them, but then saying to a lot of them, like, you already know the answer to this, um, or you'll find out soon. Yeah. It was like one of the more powerful experiences I'd had on a substance like that. But again, I don't have kids, so not yet. How long ago was this? Yeah. This was probably 15 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're not done with your, your birth and ages. You can still make a baby. So That's true, at the time, did time. you feel like that was totally legit? Did you come out of it and be like, I, I, I saw the future? Yeah. Yeah. And I would like, I immediately wanted to tell everybody. I was like, I, I know this is crazy. And yeah, maybe it's just a drug experience, but it was so cool. Like it was so like freeing to hear emotionally powerful. And um, I was like, it doesn't matter if it's bullshit. That was awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, however it feels, I mean, yeah. Did, what were you, what did you see when you were doing that? Was there anything that t- went along with that that made sense or? I don't remember anything visually, um, which is abnormal. I think for DMT, like lots of times people see, like the first time I ever had it, I saw the ceiling fan in my room turn into a clown circus and it was kind of scary and funny. But Man, I would not be comfortable with clowns on on DMT. Um, <laughs> there seems to be yeah. a thing about jesters and things with that, which is weird that everybody sees them. Really, Elves for a lot of that's them. a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, is it, Whoa, yeah. It's yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's because everyone's scared of clowns. And, I don't well, think not so. Everybody's scared of clowns. Well, but that's kind of like what Parker was saying. Like, there's yeah. like lots of shared experiences of people that take it and see the same things though they have nothing to do with each other. And that seems to be a consistent thing, which again, like is that, how's that, if it's not real, like how's that baked into our brain that we all see that stuff? I don't that know. Is it's, very it's interesting. Strange. God is a clown. Well, I mean, like honestly in, in my life, it'd be, it would be dangerous for you to approach me as a clown because I might attack you. Like, you know, that's the one thing that turns this man violent. <laughs> Joel, Joel in the spirit world fucking shit up. Yeah, you ever see those those videos where they, they have clowns like in parking garages ready to scare people as they come out to their cars and they like they just scare the shit out of them and these people are running away screaming like Yeah. So you're yeah. saying do those yeah. videos again, 
We'll put those people also on DMT. Oh, my God. Just fuck them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. Well, I mean, I, I no. guess it's, God, you're scary. it's probably been a while since you've, you've done that. Is it something you want to do again? Do you think that, I mean, I don't know, like looking back at it now. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like it was yeah. bullshit? Because you and I have talked about it before and you kind of like, were like, I don't feel like it was a, like as life-changing of an experience as I wanted you to tell me. <laughs> I think that's what I was asking. That's my general experience out of all of this stuff is like going into it being like, this is, this could potentially change my life forever. And then it kind of doesn't, or it does in small ways over time. Yeah, I would absolutely do it again. Um, I, I've heard they could put it into vaporizers now, and that sounds a lot more agreeable. Um, I'm not a big smoker, but yeah, I would recommend it to anyone too. It's, it's short, it's 15 minutes, you're in, you're out. You see some weird things. Hopefully you hear some things that help you and um, it's not addictive. It's already in your brain. It's everywhere. Um, yeah. I guess a, not, not that it's a sales pitch because you're not actually no. uh, a drug sales Don't buy these dealer. Things. But um, you can't really compare like which, drugs. Which, what gave you the most enlightening <laughs> experience, right? There's no... I mean, not enlightening, but like, what's the one that was most meaningful? I don't know if there's a way to, to say that. Which one was the most of a mind bender? Ta yeah, talking to my daughter, like, a as a person who walks through much of his life and has thought, like, I'm not going to have kids, I, I still look back on that and think, like, oh, like one day I'm going to get to to meet her, and I, I can't wait. You better start calling some ex girlfriends. She could so, already yeah, be here. You don't gonna, even know. We're just gonna throw up Parker's digits on this on the screen. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. this is gonna if anyone to... needs to help or wants to help, um, you know, we can. Yeah, that'd hook be you good. Up. I was thinking it'd be more like Maury Povich. Like <laughs> we do some fucking paternity tests <laughs> yeah. and shit once this kid's out. He's a handsome kid. Already dude. out you know, there. Yeah. Yeah. Just waiting for a paternity that, test. That was inappropriate. I don't even know if you're in a relationship with somebody who might hear this and be mad at me. You can take it out on me. I didn't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess after again, like this kind of started with like you know you and I uh, feeling dark and feeling like like shit was a little meaningless. Like where where do you really put yourself then on that scale? And you're probably going to say something optimistic here, maybe, and it's going to shock me because I, yeah. I don't know. And maybe it's just because you're feeling more open because we're having beverages and talking into microphones, which usually lightens people up. I I would say like a year and a half ago, I would have said this is all pointless and it means nothing at all and um it doesn't really matter what we do <laughs> um but you can take that line of thinking into some pretty dark places post you know work on myself and therapy and ketamine therapy and and just kind of removing some darkness from my, my life i think the the what i feel is that like it's true that there there is no meaning to all of this and yet we cannot help but look around and find an infinite meaning. I believe that I don't. I don't. I don't really believe in a god uh, so much as I believe in the idea that we are, like, we exist to um, create things uh, as humans. Like, we the the most um, like godlike thing we can possibly do is to make something or to bring something new into the world, whether it's children or music or words. Um, or kindness to people or food like that we need to create and if you're not creating you're killing yeah we should we should honor the part in us that it that wants to create i like that it's the deepest thing i've ever heard from you well i got 
started to get really embarrassed about saying all that in front of you. <laughs> yeah, I have a tendency to do that to people. But you know what? Well, you know what? And that's that's good because I think like the thing we touched on. You're gonna pick on me for that later. No, I I think it's good. But you know what? That's kind of like again the point of this for me when the selfish part that's like this is supposed to be cheaper than therapy for me, right? Like it's it takes work. It doesn't like you just do like oh, I did DMT. I talked to my daughter, saw a jester, and I'm fine. Like everything's fine. Yeah. Uh, it it yeah. takes more work than that for like some people. But I know I think it kind of uh, it's it makes me feel better to know that people that I respect feel like there's more like you know because I'm not saying I don't like I'm pretty open to shit but like I I have a tendency to be dark and to to go those places because like my depression and things takes me there like when when things aren't going my way you know uh, but I think that's that's why this is useful and again I think it's it can also be you know I think it was good for everybody we talked to I think you know Kai got some shit off his chest I feel like you get some shit off your chest. But, you know, when we talked about this before, and I meant for this to be something we covered earlier in the more sober part of the conversation, uh, was like when we talked about doing this, you were like, I, I don't want to do it. Or you were dodging me. It was kind of the same thing that like gave me a hard time with spinning this thing up to begin <laughs> with was that, number one, will this keep me thinking about dark things? You know what I mean? Because like... It yeah, is yeah. it is a little uh, dark to to talk about these things uh, that I was trying to exercise anyway. Like, and that I think that's kind of like where you were at too, right? Like, it, but you also said like you felt better and like maybe you don't need this. And that's I, those are the things I struggle with with doing this. Yeah, I mean, when you threw out this idea and as like a joke to me, and then asked me to go to lunch with you, and then told me you were very serious and you already had a name, and you were like lining up hosts and shit and so but by in between then and now like i i was in like a dark spot i was going through some life changes and no you're you're asked no you're right i did i separately said to you that like it's it would be hard to do this because i i feel okay right now do i really want to go back to the spot where i'm thinking about when things were dark or do i really want to like delve deep into existential topics right now when like there's a lot of other life going on um but i'm glad that i did it's it's meaningful and powerful to talk about this stuff and i'm i'm glad you now think of me as more optimistic well and i hope I that think. like in the end like you know as it grows if it grows that that it will help other people and i think like what i'm looking for at some point is like feedback that it is helping people and like i said even bringing people on that maybe don't have something magical to say and something cool that helped them. And then it just feels shitty. And it's like, well, come on and let's figure it out. You, you do realize that at this point, we're going to have to have my parents on. <laughs> oh, I want this. Yes. Yeah, that's going to have to happen. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, they are, yeah. they, who's going to listen? Great. Who's going to fucking listen? Like nobody. Cause they, <laughs> well, well, cool. Well, thank you for doing this. Uh, I appreciate you finally, uh, deciding to come on. Uh, yeah, I think it went well. I feel like I just talked about myself the whole time. Did that I fuck was, this up? That was the point. Like, yeah, it's kind of like this one was like, right. yeah, it's supposed to be you and your adventure. That's what. Did you miss that part? Did you really listen to the other ones? No. I don't think you. Yeah, did. no, okay. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, there's the the self criticism. Joel died. Okay, and I just like took drugs a few times and gave up on God. Like, yeah, I mean, you are kind of boring. <laughs> maybe we'll, maybe we'll yeah. get rid of this one. That feels better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, as a last parting thing before anything else happens, everybody should test your drugs. Uh, like there are uh, 
tools out there. Dance Safe, I think, is one. There's others like test everything you're given or you take. Don't take stuff willy nilly. Like the shit's serious. There's crazy stuff going on around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't do list drugs. Drugs are bad. Okay. Yeah. Drug okay. drugs are drugs. Take that, Nancy Reagan. Drugs are drugs. Yeah, um, that's a that's the T-shirt we all need right now. And if you're listening and you want to come on these guys' show, do it. They, as a guest, they are very kind, honorable, nice guests, Aww. and uh, yeah, come on their show. Well, thank you for saying that. Appreciate right. you, Parker. Not Parker. Not Parker. <laughs> I like that better. I, you know what? I, I had so many names picked out for you when you said you were going to go. Tell me one. What was the one I said earlier? Like putting mansplain or uh, <laughs> mansplain dilby fart bagger i don't know i'm just making them up now i think the message you sent me before i joined you can cut this out is you said fucker <laughs> well that sounds like him that, that's yeah, probably that's, something i've called you before yeah. yeah we don't want that swearing on here we better cut that one he out said let me know when you're free it's all good and then you said fucker with five exclamation marks you were late <laughs> i was afraid you were gonna ghost on me honestly i tied that in ghost uh, the five I, exclamation marks i was, af- I was afraid you weren't dead. gonna show up like you, you you're like nah, i'm fine i'm not gonna do it today so i'm glad you, you did yeah i'm glad you yeah you, well our friendship was dependent upon it so i just see him that. writing it down on a piece of paper and sliding it across the table and you just open it up and it says fucker make five exclamations yeah I'm lowbrow if anybody hasn't picked that up for now I mean you guys have known for a long time uh yeah well cool well thanks for hanging out and uh yeah let's call this a wrap thanks for listening everyone yeah thank you